I was laying there and I was like, okay, Jake, you need to eat. Like, can I order you Chipotle? So I ordered him a Chipotle burrito, <laughs> like waiting in the hospital room for him to be able to eat. Cause like in my brain, I'm like, he, like he cannot go back and get hurt. It was pouring rain in Charlotte too. I was like, he's exhausted. He's not going to have stretch. He's going to walk in. He's not going to do any of his pregame routine. He's not going to be able to eat. Like I'm having, a, and honestly the distraction helped. Like I'm having a meltdown. Like how can I make sure Jake doesn't get hurt and yeah. he plays okay? Like that was my goal and I delivered this child. We're back. Hey, what's up, everybody? My name is Maria Martin, and I'm a sports reporter, anchor, and host at 11 Alive in Atlanta. And if you need a little bit of a refresher, because it's been a minute since we've done this podcast, I'm a coach's wife. And so my passion behind this podcast was giving you an inside look at what the lives of the spouses are behind your favorite athletes, coaches, whatever you want to talk about, we are talking to them. It's such a cool concept. And I was so excited when we started it that it made so much sense to me to go ahead and launch a season two. And there is no one else I would rather do it with than Maggie Matthews. She is our first episode. The relaunch had to be Maggie. Her and I are actually friends outside of this episode and outside of daily life of seeing her at Falcons games. We've been friends for a minute. So was super excited when she wanted to come back on because remember she was an episode last season. So now this season, life looks so much different for Maggie. And I love talking to her and Jake because they are two really humble, incredible people who are super busy. So I'm very grateful that she took some time out of her very busy schedule. She's got a little one running around now. And if you remember, there was a viral moment that Maggie had whenever she gave birth to their first baby boy. We're gonna talk all about that in this episode. And she's really gonna tell you the actual story, not just what you saw on Twitter, but exactly how it went down. From beginning to end, it is such a fun episode. Welcome Maggie Matthews, and this is Married to the Game. All right, so last time that we talked, life was really different for you. I wasn't even pregnant yet, I don't think. I don't think you were. I was trying to think before we started talking about this. Like, were you pregnant, were you not? I don't think you were. Gosh, when would that have been? No, I don't think I was yet. I think that was right after the season ended, right? Yeah, so I, I don't think I was yet. Oh my gosh. No, or at least we had no clue, at least. <laughs> <laughs> maybe maybe that was part of it. Yeah. But now you have a baby. I do. Beckett is amazing. He is. <laughs> How has life changed since you guys have brought a baby into the picture? Oh my goodness. Um, amazing, but obviously so much work. Yeah. Um, adjustments <laughs> all around. Yeah. Uh, we kind of just got thrown into it because he was born in the season. So we didn't really have a choice. It was like, oh, well, you're just going to have to kind of run with it. Right. And figure it out as you go. Um, so many adjustments for Jake. Obviously, being in season, yeah. he just kind of had to go along to get along. It was like, is this baby going to wake me up while I'm asleep? And I have to go practice the next day. Yeah. Kind of thing. So we figured it out. It actually went really well. Um, I think more of the adjustments have come now as we've been in camp for six weeks. and. Yeah. As you know, they're in the dorms for three weeks where they're gone. Which that's not the case for every NFL team. But no. the Falcons, they do. They stay. Yes, they stay. So, and the first year we were together, they didn't stay because of COVID. The yeah. second year, I think they did stay. I may be mistaking. But um, they did stay this that? year. Um, a little bit, but I like I have my family here, so I have plenty of help with him. Yeah, but still, nice. you know, all day, all night long. Yeah with a seven month old that has decided, or I guess he was eight months old at the time, pulling up on things and standing and crawling. You're like, holy crap, this is, <laughs> when before like you become kind of a single mom for a couple weeks out of 
you know, camp, you really do. And then obviously when they finally do get to come home, they're exhausted. So Mm -hmm. it's not like, you know, hey, can you do this? Hey, can you do that? So it's a lot of adjustments of just figuring out roles during the season. Yeah, I feel like that's a huge balance too for everybody that a lot of people don't talk about is that during football season, Mm -hmm. they're so busy, whether it be a coach or a player or whatever, you don't really want to put extra on them whenever they come home. So what is that like with a newborn trying to navigate Jake in season? I mean, that's probably very difficult. Harder than you want to admit, I'm sure. Definitely, definitely harder. Um, We had like a kind of rotating family come in for four weeks at first, but my kind of goal, which I joke the next baby we're having will not be in season for many, many reasons. But we... I know, when you told me you were pregnant when you were due, I was like, I'm going to be praying for you, girl. In November. I was like, well, technically this was supposed to be due in December. And when we found out, the bye week was supposed to be literally like two days after my due date, the bye week was supposed to start. So we were like, oh, we're going to be great. We're going to be fine. And obviously much different plans. Yeah occurred. Can't wait to talk about um, that. Keep going. So yeah, it was, uh, you know what, if it happened again, we figured it out. It'll be fine. But like kind of back to a newborn in the season, I would feed him, change him, do what I could. And I will give it to Jake. He was up, he was changing him. He yeah. was doing all the things. And luckily we did have the weekend cause he was born on obviously Thursday night and they played Thursday night. So we had the weekend <laughs> off to kind of like acclimate and figure out what was going on. But Really, it would just be Jake coming home and napping with him and getting to, because they really do sleep so much. So if I wasn't feeding or something like that, um, they would just nap together and lay together. I think that was probably Jake's like favorite thing. And then Jake, um, from the beginning, has always been the nap time, or not nap time, excuse me, um, the bath bath time time guy. Yeah, I'm thinking of napping, but the bath (laughs) time guy. So he does bath and bed kind of routine and still does that now, obviously, when he was little. It's a little bit different, but yeah. now it's, he'll come home and do the bath. And sometimes I'll get the, uh, Hey, let's tag team it tonight where yeah. he just gets to do the fun bath part. And then I get to do the lotion and the, the pajamas <laughs> and the bending over because he's a little bit exhausted from practice, yeah. but, uh, we got a good routine down. Um, I get a, I hear a little bug in my ear. Hey, like number two. And I'm like, slow down, hun. Slow yeah. down. <laughs> We got a good routine going. <laughs> but we we'll throw see. another one into the mix, but you will eventually. Yeah, he wins four, so we'll see. Oh my gosh. Yeah, that's all. He's one of seven, so he loves that's true. the big family, like comes in, turns the TV on. Like he can't sit in silence. Yeah. So if he's in the house, TVs are all on that's because hilarious. like he grew up with so much noise. Wow. Loves loves the chaos. So you're welcoming the more babies. Yeah. The... I have the TVs off during the day when he's not home. I appreciate the silence. So as soon as he comes home, it's just like it's turning just TV, around? It's just TVs, TVs, TVs. Yes, all the time. It's really funny because I just, you know, I've known you for a while. Mm-hmm. And then when I see you with this baby and I see you on the field, it's like really amazing yeah. to watch how everything has changed. And I think the coolest thing is watching Jake too. You yeah. Know, after practice and training camp, that's got to be just the best feeling. Oh, it's so fun. And just him crawling over and getting, I know, because when we first started, and not dating, but being together, and um, first year we couldn't go to camp because of, you know, COVID. So yeah. when we started to get to go to camp, he... Because um, you guys I, got married in 21. We got married in 21. Mm-hmm. He proposed to me actually at this house. Oh, I um, So I would be like, hey, I'm going to come to camp. I'm going to come to camp. And yeah. I would go days and days and days. He's like, are you going to come every day? And I was like, yeah, I want to come every day. 
And he was like, okay, well, you know, because he, he would get to sneak home for like 30 minutes at the end of the day and yeah. just say like, hey. That's nice. Yeah, they get like an hour off in the evenings. And a lot of guys can't go home because a lot of guys live in Atlanta. We're very fortunate to live only about 10 minutes from the facility. Yeah. So he'd run home. But then when we had Beckett, he's like, you're coming today, right? And I was like, well, <laughs> what about what about when I, I came? You asked me like, are you coming? Are you, That's are you? so funny. Yeah. So he's like, now it's like, you are coming, right? Like I am seeing Beckett, right? Be yeah. Like when they practice in Miami, you're bringing Beckett to Miami for five Aww. days, right? And I was like, yeah. Cause he's like, I can FaceTime you. I can call you. You're fine. But he's like, I, I want to, I can't FaceTime and like see Beckett. So it's kind of hard. Yeah. So yeah, just me and my little caravan, caravaning over to camp every day. You do such a good job though. Yeah. Every time I see you, you look like you got it all together. I know you there's know, a lot going on. Every day at camp on the hill. such an easy baby. He is such an easy baby. I, I can't like take a ton of credit because he is such an easy baby. He's so happy all the time. How great has it been to have other coaches' wives mm -hmm. and players' wives who a lot of them are moms too. Yeah. I'm sure it's like, it's a nice kind of sorority that you guys have. It is, and it's, um, it's we are so spread out, which, um, so it's like, it, it is kind of cool, because like, I'll go down to Atlanta, and I'll see like, some of the girls in Atlanta, or I'll go over to like, uh, Braselton area, and see a bunch of girls in the Braselton area, yeah. so it's really fun having like, pockets of everybody, um, and you have so many different ages. We have like, yeah. older kids, like our, um, offensive line coaches, kids are a little bit older, Hudson and Jordan, and they're the sweetest kids. They would come to camp and Hudson, I think he's in fourth grade, is just obsessed with Beckett. Oh, so at camp, so Hudson sweet. would be holding Beckett and playing with Beckett. And so I would be calling Meredith, Meredith, I need you to bring your kids to camp. Like they're <laughs> my babysitters, please bring them. So um, no, we have an awesome community. And then um, a couple of the coaches' wives have kids. I think there's a little girl that's about a month or two younger than Beckett. And so they get to like roll around and play with each other. So it is really nice. And, um, you know, yeah, it's, it's funny. Sometimes you think about not waking Jake up in the middle of the night. If you yeah. have some kind of like not dire emergency, but enough of, of something that you need somebody and you would call one of them. Yeah. Um, I've talked to a couple of our coaches wives who've been like, yeah, I've had to call other coaches wives in the middle of the night because wow. I had, X, Y, and Z happened, had to take my kid to urgent care and had no one to stay with my child at, wow. you know, midnight. Yeah. So, um, I definitely think we're all definitely there for each other, but when you start mixing in kids, it's like, absolutely. I'll jump in anytime you need me. Yeah. You um, lean on other people. Yeah. Cause sure. you know how hard it is yourself too. Yeah. So it's a, yeah, it's a very good backbone to have. And, and luckily I have my family really close too. Yeah. That's yeah. super nice. Um, yeah. all right. You said it's hard. Let's talk about having a baby in the middle of football season. Yep. That was not easy. I remember, you know, I'm sure everybody was coming up to you like this baby is doing football season and everybody. you're balancing trying to not be anxious about it and trying to not overthink. It's just, it's going to happen when it's going to happen. Every time I would see yeah. you, it would be like, look, this baby's coming one way or another. Something's happening. Yes. But as you're getting closer to the due date, are yep. you thinking, please don't be on a game day? Yes. Yeah, so every game we got to a point the last like six weeks of my pregnancy, I was swelling. Um, my blood pressure was like raising a little bit. Because you go to every game at yes. home for sure. Yes. And you go to some road games too. I do, yes. So obviously at some at a certain week, I couldn't travel anymore like outside of the state. Sure. So we got to that point. And I actually joked about going to the Carolina game. Like a couple of girls were going and I was like, maybe I'll go to the Carolina game. It's just a drive. Like <laughs> oh I've got four more weeks. Like everything's done. Like maybe we'll just go. So, um, 
the week before I remember going to the game and we had like this, like not protocol, but like rule in place that I was not, I was, I was entering through like the lower part of the stadium. I was trying to stay on like, because I'm, I have a huge belly, like walking through the crowds, like elbows, people going nuts. Like I was like, okay, like what's the best way to get in and out of these games and get to go to the game and not lose my mind. So I would, I would get in the game get to my seat, I'd be good. I had like five people like sitting with me trying to like, okay, just keep you calm. And I remember it was the Sunday before I think we had a home game and it was such a close game. Cause like, I think seven of our games last year were within oh, yeah. like a, like one touchdown. Yep. So I'm sitting there and every single game is a nail biter. So everyone's like, Which like is great just stay calm. Say. It's amazing. <laughs> stay calm. Like you're not going to go into labor. You're not going to go to labor. And in our family chat, it would just be a joke. Like are you in labor yet? Like, is this putting, is this game putting you in labor? And I was like, I mean, practically. So then we would get home. I would get on the couch, elevate the feet, be so swollen. Jake would be like probably elevated over on the other side with me. We're both just struggling. (laughs) And, um, I, yeah. And then my blood pressure was raising a little bit just because I'd never have had like weight on like obviously 30 pounds of a baby. Um, my blood pressure was kind of creeping up so they were already keeping an eye on that because if you get to a certain point of it being too high then you have to like immediately induce so I was like okay just lay low so then we got to that was that week before I went to the doctor and they were like hey you're two centimeters dilated and 80% effaced and I'm so sorry for all the men watching like you probably don't want to you know know the details but (laughs) it's it's very important details um because any anybody who's had a child will be like, okay, wow, you're really getting close. Yeah. So I called my mother-in-law that day and she was like, oh my gosh, you're going to have this baby soon. And I was like, no, I'm not. And she was like, yeah, you are. She goes, so this some was people, four weeks before your due date. This was four weeks before my due date. Okay. And some people can, I was at 35 weeks and three days when I went to that appointment and I was already two centimeters dilated. So, wow. and some people can stay like that for weeks, but I, I'm relatively active and I, I had been walking my entire pregnancy. So my doctor said, do not walk the week of the Thursday night game. Like we need to get you past the Thursday night game. Sunday, they were going to induce me at 37 weeks because my blood pressure was just kind of at that point. They knew he was a big baby. So yeah. they were like, let's just get you to that, to the Sunday. We'll induce you Sunday. That was the earliest they could induce me. They couldn't even induce me like Friday. That was the earliest they could. And then Jake would have off like Monday, Tuesday, he'd back at practice Wednesday. I was like, perfect. We're, we're doing great. So Jake was like, do not walk. Like, don't do anything. Just relax, chill out. Like, don't do it. I was like, okay. So my mom was like, I'll come and stay up with you Wednesday night. Cause at that point, even Saturday night, when Jake was down at the hotel, they were like, people are staying with you. Yeah. I was like, okay, we've got a good plan in place. Everything was ready. Hospital bags are packed in the office. We were ready to go. We felt good. So yeah, Thursday comes around or Wednesday night comes around. I Wednesday, I was like, oh, I made it to Wednesday. He let me go get my hair done. I wanted to just go get my hair done that day. Um, Obviously the things you think about before you have a baby. So (laughs) I got my hair done. And then Wednesday night, I was like, gosh, I I don't feel great. Like something feels off. Like I I had like a low grade fever, chills, body aches. I was like, oh gosh, maybe I'm sick. Like this sucks. Like I don't want to be sick Sunday. Let me just like relax, lay low. So my mom comes and tries to take care of me and she's like, I'm going to stay away from you because like, if you have this baby Sunday and you're still sick, like I need to not be sick. Right. So Wednesday night, this is actually funny. A lot of people don't know this part of the story. Wednesday night, I, um, he stopped moving and he was very active 
at night especially or not at night but in the evening at night he actually didn't really kick me much I got to sleep yeah so I was like gosh this doesn't feel right he's not moving my mom gave me a popsicle she gave me sugar she was trying to do anything she possibly could to get me to get him moving around and he wasn't I was like you know what I'm 36 and a half weeks there he is um if you hear him um I'm 36 he likes and this a- part of the story yes he does I'm 36 and a half weeks like let me just go to the hospital. I have, we have an incredible OB. He, I met, texted him and he was like, hey, just, just go get checked out. Just make sure he, everything's okay. Put me on the monitor. It says 10 p.m. Blood pressure's a little high. She's like, nope, you're still two centimeters. Still the same face. You're good. It's, it's like 11 p.m. And I told the nurse the exact scenario we were in. I was like, I cannot go into labor tonight. There is literally morning. a game tomorrow. Like, I cannot do it. And at 11 p.m., Jake called me to say goodnight because it was... A, 8 p.m. game. so he, Obviously, he didn't know what was going on. No clue. So I'm sitting in the hospital bed, and I was like, good night, honey. I love you. Oh, my gosh. And he is absolutely, and he has my location, so I'm really amazed he didn't, like, look. He had no idea I went to the hospital. Not one clue. Even when I called him the next morning and still told him no I was in labor, he still had no idea. I went to the hospital the night before. But they watched me for a little bit. They were like, you're fine. Just, like, go home, take a Tylenol, um, and go to bed. And I was like, okay. So I took Tylenol, fell asleep, and then it, like, 4 a.m., I was like, holy crap, like, my back is really hurting. Like, my, I was like almost like in a fetal position because my back was aching so bad. I was like, gosh, do I have COVID? Like, do I have the flu? Like, what's going on? So I called my mom up and she was like, have you timed them? And I, I actually saw the contraction timer on my phone and it was really funny because you can see the intervals. And I was like, yeah, but it's like five minutes and then seven minutes and then eight minutes and then five minutes. And she was like, I was like, maybe it's just body aches coming and going. And she's like, I don't know. I don't know. <laughs> and my mom had incredibly fast labors. Like, she got to the hospital with me at 7, had me at 7.30. Like, wow. 27. Like, 25 minutes getting to the hospital, she would have me. So she was like, let's just watch you. So I walk around, I walk around, I walk around. And I would get, I guess, a contraction. I would, like, fall to, like, my hands and knees scream, get back up and go start my laundry. She's like, no, you're in labor. She's like, body aches aren't like that. Like you're in labor. And I was like, okay, what do we do? And so you, I've watched the ring doorbell footage and at like 5.30, 6 o'clock, it's just her and I scurrying out, packing the car. I'm not really doing much. I'm right. just standing there like I'm going to die. And I am laying in the third row of the car because I have bucket seats yeah. and I needed to lay. And I'm sticking my head out the window like a dog and I'm <laughs> screaming. I'm like, you, this, th- I'm miserable. And so I get there and they were like, it was seven, eight. My doctor was on call that day. Oh my gosh. And he was like, I'll be there at seven. I got there at six 30. I walked in, the nurse saw me and she said, no, with more colorful language. <laughs> um, and she was, I was the same nurse who took care of me earlier. And I was like, yep. And I got in there and he was like, you're almost three and a half centimeters already contractions five minutes apart and I was like holy crap this is happening but the craziest thing about this whole thing is that Jake has no idea no idea and this is game day no idea it's just game day no idea at this point so I call first I call Jake my mom was like are you gonna tell Jake and I was like well I have to yeah and I was like she was like well what if he's, he's not gonna like come what if you don't progress quickly and we were we all like kind of like had like a war room we were like no he's coming Let's see what we can do. We have to call Jake. So we call Jake and, or no, I did not call Jake. I called the hotel. Okay, so real quick question. Mm -hmm. So how many of the Falcons staff members knew about this scenario? Like, Um, We had like a plan plan in place. place. Yeah, so Sarah Hogan, the um, assistant to our head coach, knew 
obviously like Arthur knew, um, Arthur, Arthur's wife, Allison knew, uh, Tanya and Terry knew. Um, I'm actually, you know what? I'm lying. Probably everybody in the building knew <laughs> that this was eventually going to be a possibility. Right. The entire O-line knew. Yeah. Um, so I was like, okay, uh, what do I do? So I was like, first, let me... Um, call the hotel. Yeah, Terry's assistant, Laura, knew. I was like, let me call the hotel. So I called the hotel, and I'm like, I need... And ironically, I never know what hotel they're in. So I just checked Jake's location. I was like, I know what freaking hotel you're in. So I just look at his <laughs> location. you're in labor. Yeah, I'm in labor, and I'm like, where are you? Let me look up the whatever <laughs> this hotel hilarious. this is, the number. So I call the lobby at 6 a.m., and... or you know, head person. And I was like, Hey, I need to get to Jake Matthews room. Cause I, at this point I had called his phone like five times. He didn't yeah. answer yeah. and he doesn't sleep with the ringer on. So I figured. And so he was like, ma'am, I can't give you that information. And I said, dude, I am in labor. You need to get me to his room. And I didn't, I, I tried to say it as calmly and as nicely as I could. And it did not come out as well as I that's intended. Okay. And he was like, well, I can call his room and that's about all I can do. Oh my gosh. And I was like, okay, he couldn't connect me. So then I hang up, wait for that to happen, and then I call Tanya. And I'm sure Tanya knew at 7 a.m. when I called her, this is not good. But I knew she was awake. She has four kids. So I call her, and I was like, yep, I'm in labor. And she goes, oh, my gosh. And I was like, can you go tell your husband, who's my husband's GM, (laughs) that his wife's in labor? And, like, go knock on his hotel room door. I was like as awkward as that as that one is. I don't have another option. I don't here. have another option. And what's so ironic is there was a veterans baby shower that day yeah. um, for the team to go volunteer at the girls, and I was like signed up to go. My mom was gonna go with me. Like oh it was gosh. gonna be so fun, and um, that didn't happen. And so, yeah, Terry and I think Terry did not actually go knock on his door, but yeah. obviously Tanya called Terry. Let me know what was going on. I texted Sarah Hogan. I was like. I, I'm apologizing. I'm so sorry to wake you up, but I'm in labor. Um, I'm really sorry to bother you. I feel awful about. I think I apologized 50 times to everybody. Everyone's like, you can't like control this. Yeah, there's I was like, nothing I know, but I feel so do. bad. That's funny. Um, so then I, Jake said, when the hotel, you know, the classic. Yep, the hotel phone rang, and I knew something was very wrong because he's like, I've not had a hotel wake up call since I was in college, and. Um, at that point he called me and I will probably embarrass him to tell him that, you know, I think he, the emotions may have overcome him in the moment when he called me because he didn't know what to do. Yeah, I'm He sure. was like, I don't know what to do. And I've seen so many people on Twitter and social media and things I shouldn't be reading. It's like, he should have stayed with her. This is ridiculous. But people don't know. I was telling him, no, go. Like I yeah. was an athlete. Like yeah. I'm a competitor. I understand. You've worked nine seasons for this streak. I'm not going to like just you know, I'm okay. I can do this. Well, we'll be fine. We're going to figure this out. And that's y'all's decision anyway. Absolutely. And so, but people, I don't want people to be like, oh, did he just go? No, his wife, I told him to go. I said, please go. Yeah. Um, I knew his commitment to the team. So Beckett was like, wait a second, hold on. Hold on. His commitment. (laughs) I, yeah, I I understood it. So I was like, um, we'll figure it out. We're going to do this. Let's just, find out our options yeah. and so he went downstairs to like a little war room and it was in the lobby of this hotel oh at 7 a.m and it was arthur and terry and rich mckay and uh coach ledford our o-line coach jake calls him led so i have to like refrain from saying led because people are like who's that? <laughs> Who is that um and i'm sure a handful of other people that i'm forgetting that i need to thank i think i've 
thanked everybody at some point. Please, thank you so much for getting my husband to me. Um, yeah. A lot of people made it happen. A lot of awesome. people made that happen. And so they had a plane to try to get him to me. And they didn't have a crew to fly the plane. <laughs> this is my favorite part of and the story. And so um, they said to Jake, hey, you're going to have to drive. <laughs> And so one of the... How many people actually know that? I don't think many not people know a lot. People drove. think he flew. No, he didn't fly. I checked commercial flights. I checked everything. People thought he flew. No, he drove. So I was like, they were like, he's going to have to fly. And of course, in my mind, I'm like, he's going to tighten up in the, in the car. Like he can't, he doesn't want to drive to Atlanta on a Tuesday night for a dinner, like on an off night. I was yeah. like, he's going to tighten up. This is going to be a nightmare. And so they were like, one of our security personnel will drive you and uh, just it's a three hour drive, three and a half hour drive to Gainesville. Luckily they were in Charlotte. If they were in Charlotte, I don't know what we would have done. You're already in labor too. Yes. So I, I could not have the epidural at the point. Um, I forgot to mention this part in the war, my portion of the war room, they were like, we can give you pain meds, like oral pain meds, or we can give you the epidural, but it will slow down labor. And all I'm thinking is, like, I have to do whatever I have to do to get him back for the game. Yeah. Like, I, wh what do I have to do? So yeah. I, they were like, you're going to have to labor naturally. And I was like, great. Wow. Until we can give you the epidural, which yeah. comes a bit later. So Jake gets in the car, and at, they, they were kind of waiting to see, like, oh, can we get a crew? Can we get a crew? What can we do? And Art looked at him and was like, you got to make a decision. Like, you got to go. We'll figure out the rest later. Yeah. If you if you're gonna go, and Jake's like, all right, let's go. So he gets in the car at like 8:30, and he's like, I'll see you at like noon, because he didn't so get he in the told car. Him that. Yeah. He was like, I'm gonna be back. Oh, I mean, I I think it was like common knowledge that he was gonna come back. <laughs> I I knew it was common knowledge <laughs> he was going back. So I was like, okay. Um, so he gets in the car. He's driving. He is on speaker with me while I'm in contractions. And I'm still like to this day, like slightly bitter. He didn't get to see me because by the time he got there, I had had the epidural. So yeah. he didn't see me experience actual contractions. Just on the phone. Oh yeah. And at like one point, like my mom was about to like be in tears because she's like, when you can't help your child and they're in that much yeah. pain, it's awful. And I'm on the phone with him. I'm having a like awful contractions. They move me to labor and delivery. We're like, okay, now we're like, how do we do this? So the nurses, know the situation they've got me with this ball and they've got this me bouncing on this ball they've got me moving around in different positions to help him like move down like doing all these different things to help promote you know him coming quicker and at one point i literally remember i was like okay well i'm better in my makeup because this is happening so i'm bouncing on this birth ball hooked up to the ivs and about every five minutes i'm getting contractions so i'm stopping having a meltdown and then going back doing the eye i'm like okay <laughs> we're gonna do this like we're going we're, we're doing it so then um they said our doctor came in and he's amazing we're still very close to him i will only have all of my children in atlanta because of him i love that i just adore him and i said um he was like okay here's the plan we're gonna do the epidural about an hour to 20 or an hour, anywhere from 20 minutes to an hour before he gets here, whatever you feel like you can handle. I was like, okay. And then he said, and we're not going to break your water until he pulls off of 85 or 985. Oh onto my a gosh. Like it was down to like, and my, my mother-in-law, like an exit, an exit. My mother-in-law who's had seven kids was the same way. Like they cannot break your water until this happens because once your water break, like it breaks, it's on. Yeah. So <clears throat> I was laying there and I was like, okay, hey, Jake, you need to eat. Like, can I order you Chipotle? So I ordered him a Chipotle burrito, <laughs> like waiting in the hospital room for him to be able to eat. Cause like in my brain, I'm like, 
he like he cannot go back and get hurt. It was pouring rain in Charlotte too. I was like, he's exhausted. He's not gonna have stretch. He's gonna walk in. He's not gonna do any of his pregame routine. He's not gonna be able to eat. Like I'm having, a, and honestly the distraction helped. Like I'm having a meltdown. Like how can I make sure Jake doesn't get hurt and yeah. he plays okay? Like that was my goal and I delivered this child. You're going through a lot in this moment. In this moment <laughs> I was like, I, this is not good. So oh gosh. Um, at one, about I think it was five centimeters dilated about 1130 and Jake's about an hour, 45 minutes to, or about 45 minutes out. I was like, give me the epidural. And I wasn't even sure I wanted one at the point because I don't love the feeling of numbness. So yeah. I was, and, and the thought of the needle going in my spine and my husband not being there, it was just like a lot. So I was like, just give me the epidural. Yeah. And, um, I, they come in, Jake's on FaceTime with me as I'm getting the epidural. And oh then about they were like your water is about to break you cannot move anymore like you can't like they were we were gonna walk and they were like you can't walk your water's gonna break if you walk and I was like great okay um moving on so (laughs) Jake gets there at like 12 30 and then he walks in and it was he was like I you could tell he felt awful like my wife has been here like laboring in pain and I'm supposed to you know be the one and I had my mom which was amazing but I'm supposed to be the one to be here and so he gets there eats a chipotle burrito <laughs> i hadn't eaten in like 24 hours because i had been sick yes so um and then at that point i had the epidural so i was sitting pretty i was, was like great let's rock and then at that point it went from not indu like not inducing labor yeah. to now we need to induce it like we need to hurry up because we knew we had at what that was the point, window he got there at 12 30 had to leave by 3 30. We had three hours and I was at five centimeters at that point. So we were Gosh. like, okay. And it's so funny. Um, a couple of the guys, like the O-linemen were texting my parent. Cause one of the guys, um, he went to college with Jake. And so he knew my parents cause he had come around a good bit and was texting my dad. What's the update? What's the update? And I was like, oh my gosh. That's so sweet. My though. dad's like, I am in the waiting room. Please leave me alone. <laughs> and I have so, no idea. I have no idea what's happening right now. So um, at that point, yeah, it was, let's figure out how to induce it. So they broke my water and we knew we had three hours on the dot. And they and I knew in my brain, I have 45 minutes to an hour to push. Cause you have to have about that amount of time. Some women can push one to four hours, they said. And I said, okay, well, I don't have four hours. Yeah, I have, two to, I have two to get to the point of pushing. And then I've got like 45 <laughs> from there. So. Like chop chop. And I had literally like if I'm here, like yeah. right in front of my face is a clock. And so I knew exactly what time it was. And Jake's looking at the clock. I'm looking at the clock and I'm like, oh my gosh. Okay. So yeah, two hours later I was at like nine and I was like 10 and my doctor was like, come on, let's just, you know, let's just start pushing and see where we can go. And 45 minutes later, he was born at 317. Uh-huh. They put him on my chest for like two minutes and I was like, okay, Jake, like you have to take him. Cause normally the mom gets them for like an hour, like yeah. skin on skin and sorry, I have hiccups. And, um, so I was like, okay, Jake, take him. So Jake took him for 10 minutes. We took a picture that ended up on Thursday night football and he left at three 30. He's he was, in the car like five minutes later. Uh huh. He was in the car five minutes later and then on Arthur's jet in Gainesville because Arthur Blankshut came to Gainesville first. Yeah. So Jake didn't have to like drive to Atlanta. And um, yeah, Jake was on the plane at 345. 
Mm-hmm. And I feel like people have no idea. They just see Jake running in in flip flops and think like, oh. They have no idea. No one's ever heard like the actual full. And I love my husband very much, but when he, he's, I think he did a podcast with the team about it. He did not remember any of these details. I'm sure. Not at all. Well, it's hard to remember, especially when like the chaos of getting woken up just three hours prior, he's in his hotel room or four hours probably. And there's somebody calling his hotel room and then all of this is happening. There's like a lot of emotions. He's also like game day, but that's probably so secondary at this point in the day. But then he's also thinking about the streak. You're thinking about the streak. And for people who don't know what it is, it's- How do I get on the plane? People who don't know who, what it is, it's the longest active streak in the NFL. Yeah, it's like basically they nickname it like the Iron Man streak, but it's the longest active streak for current players. So he's played the most consecutive games yeah. of current NFL players. That's hard. That's so hard to do. And like, if Nine I was seasons, you, if I yeah. were him, like I would be in the same situation. Same, same people situation. don't understand that, but it's so crazy to me because people see the video of Jake running in his flip flops and they think this was just like, oh. An easy up. day. Yeah, he's here. I yeah, d- no. And they don't know. He literally ran in, I think, 10 minutes before Art had to put in the... So he missed pregame warm-up. Oh, completely. <laughs> no, he got out there for pregame. Okay. He literally threw his stuff on. But He had a burrito. That's he did good. have a burrito. <laughs> um, fueled by Chipotle for that one. So <laughs> he came in and it was right before they had to put out actives. Like the not... Yeah. Act, the not not actives or whatever. Yeah. And that was, was literally 10 minutes before that. Was Arthur, who was like calling or contacting I Jake think at like this Sarah, Led, and Arthur all were like in constant communication with him. Um, God, that's so nerve wracking for everybody. It was so nerve wracking for everybody because it's like, He's a, he's a captain, too. Like, You know, if this game would have been the normal 1 p.m. kick, would it never happen? Like, Mm-mm. he would have never been there. Mm-mm. It was, like, such a blessing in disguise. It Even was. though they were in Charlotte and they weren't in Atlanta. It's yeah. just, if it was going to happen on a game day, it'd be it, Thursday. It could have happened any other Thursday, too. I know. Like, just not a Sunday. <laughs> we just know. told him not Sunday. Of course, like, the one Thursday night football game. The one game. Thursday night football game. That's so hilarious. I was like, okay, well, you know. And what a lot of people actually don't know is, in this, I don't be TMI. But Jake okay. delivered Beckett. Oh, that's awesome. Mm-hmm. So he, like, got to help the doctor deliver oh, Beckett really without cool. going into, like, any more details. Um, <laughs> he got to help Jake deliver, or our doctor deliver Beckett. So, like, Jake had literally gone on a plane and had, like, helped deliver a baby and is, like, flying to this game and then running in and then playing Thursday Oh, my football. gosh. Have you asked him? I mean, I'm sure you have, but, like, since all this happened, like, where was he at that day? He said it's, like, a blur. I'm sure. He said it was, like, a blur. He was, like... I think it was thing. it was the biggest culmination of like because for the past eight years it's just been Jake and football, yeah, um, or seven I guess. So then I came along and that's different. Like your wife is an adult, yeah. Like obviously there's nothing like bringing a child into the universe, and then you bring a kid in, and it was just like, okay, holy crap, here comes my family and my football like head to head. Yeah. How am I going to be there for both of them? Yeah. And he did a great job, like because. I wouldn't have wanted him, like we said, with the streak. Like, I understood that. And it was never him choosing, like, oh, my, you know, I'm not, I'm going to choose football over my family or vice versa. He did a really good job of trying to figure out his priorities and doing them together. Now, his dad, who played 19 years in the NFL, I think was having a full-on, like, like he was so nervous for Jake, too. Like, I asked him that the other day, actually, when we were at his house. I was like, how are you feeling? He was like, yeah, you know, it was a little nerve-wracking, but we made it. Mm." Honestly, I think the distraction helped me. The distraction helped Jake. Yeah. 
he jogged in, played in pouring rain, and it was cold that game. And then he flew back with the team, asked me if he could go get a couple of hours of sleep at home after the game. And <laughs> I was like, was like, I have tired. been awake 24 hours. You need to get your butt back up here. Good for you. And so he was like, but no, I let him go home and let him go to sleep. And he was like, I'll be back up at like 6.30 in the morning. And he'll, he'll kill me for saying this too. But um, he did not get to the hotel until 9.15. And I wanted to fight him very much. I was incredibly angry at that point. I was like, for everything I have done, you couldn't have gotten here on time. And he's like, I slept through my alarm. I said, you've never slept through your alarm yep. one time in your football career. But right, like right now. Of course, right now. So yeah, that was uh, the extent. Oh my gosh, one. it's just but the no craziest story. But no one knows story. like the know. whole extent of the story. Like it's it was so detailed and like so many moving pieces. And um, then when he jogged in, obviously in the infamous flip flops, I'll never hear the end of those flip flops. <laughs> the um, sliders. I literally want to frame them. I'm like those need to be framed in Beckett's like room, like the infamous flip flops. It's funny because I saw the video, and I think because I know you and I've known you for a long time, I'm thinking to myself like, yeah, okay, it's great, Jake's running in there, but like. Maggie's got to be just having the craziest day of her life. I held Beckett. Um, okay, well, yeah, it was crazy because I'm a psycho about games. Like, I was obviously I was a sports reporter. Yeah. That's how we met each other in Alabama. So I was in – Jake will never let me live that, down that I worked at Alabama too because he's an Aggie. <laughs> so I, when I was um, in Alabama, like, obviously football. Like, yeah. Like, I, I get it. Yeah. And um, – completely that's what the okay. heck were we talking about I just said you were having the craziest day of your oh, life oh you know, okay so that. that's what I was saying so like yeah yeah so football um I'm I've been like the biggest sports fan since I was younger so I get so into games like I'm so aggressive about games like people know you don't talk to me during like an offensive drive yeah um my mom joked about Beckett this year like she's like oh I'm so excited to come to games I was like yeah and you can like he will hang out with you during offensive drives like I watch every play of Jake's like detailed like yeah Oh, I and know. that might just be, like, my own, you know, love for the game. But, like, now that my husband's in it, like, I'm into it. So they had to take him to – because he was actually preemie. Yeah. Um, and he was six pounds three and a half weeks early. So, like, I don't want to know what he would have been three and a half weeks later. He was a big baby. He would have been a big baby. Yeah. <laughs> so um, since he was a preemie, they had to take him to something called a transition nursery. He didn't have to go to the NICU because he looked good. But they have to go for two years two, – not two years, two hours to be just, like, watched. Yeah. So at that point, like, yeah, that was the weird part too. Um, everyone left the room after I delivered him. So at like 3.30 when Jake left, like the doctor was like, okay, we'll give you some space. The nurse was like, we'll give you some space. And I was like, and you're by yourself. I'm by myself with this newborn. And I was like, what the heck just happened? I know. I remember you said you looked at the screen and Jake was playing football and you were just like in a twilight zone. It was like a fever dream. I st- to this day, I was like, this is a fever dream. Like, why do I, why am I holding this baby? That's wild and to me. And this person is on TV and he, <laughs> he was, was just, just here. here. And this is, this is this baby's father. I was like, mm, this is like, you know, that like gif with the guy with all the numbers around his head. Yes. That was me. I was like, what just happened? Oh my gosh. Um, so yeah. And then they moved him to the transition nursery for two hours. So they took him away from me and I was like, oh. you're by yourself. Um, and then they had to wheel me to, you move from labor and delivery down to like the mother's ward kind of thing so they had to wheel me down there and that was when the game starting so i have like jersey mics in one hand you can't have like deli meat and then i've got my ipad sitting on my lap because the game was about to start and i was like everyone shut up like the game's about to start so they're wheeling me through the hospital in a wheelchair with the ipad on my lap and i'm watching and then i get in there and like i've literally just given birth like three hours later and i'm screaming at the tv <laughs> and then i had beckett back by halftime 
<laughs> like I was, a true athlete. I was holding him, and I'm watching Jake, and I was just like, what? I don't know what happened, but here we are. And I was just, I was so thrilled that Jake got out of the game with a good game and healthy. That's all, like, I was praying for. I was like, just get him out healthy. Yeah. Like, because he's tight. He's not had his proper, because he is a routine fiend. Yeah. Like, That's he, why he's played for so long. Yes. He rolls out every night, stretches every night. Um, we do Pilates on Tuesdays, on our off days. Like, we have such a routine. We go to the same restaurants on Tuesday nights and Friday nights. Wow. Like, we are such routine people. So getting him so out of his routine. And I joke, like, maybe God was trying to teach you to, like, let go of your routine a touch. Um, <laughs> he doesn't like that joke very much. But um, I, I was just like, please get him out healthy. Just because yeah. not being in that routine, I just, that's all I wanted. And now I have a 10-month-old downstairs. You want to bring him up here? Sure. Hi. See, now we're going to go into podcast. Say hi. Hi, Tunky boy. Hi. Look, now you have this. Oh, look. Can you say cheese? <laughs> say hi. He's the smiliest baby ever. He's very smiling. Can you say hi? Do you wait? Oh, does he lost he, the ball. Does he love football? Um, yes. He actually thinks like when you Oop. hit the football on the ground, it's like the funniest thing ever. I'll have to send you the video. <laughs> My father-in-law was doing it to him. And we were laying at the ranch and he was hitting, taking the football and just banging it on the ground. And he thought he was belly laughing. He thought it was hysterical. He's so funny. He's enamored by watching any sports with like a moving ball on TV. But I told my husband like, or Jake, obviously, if we um, didn't have a child who was like obsessed with sports, I probably would have been a little sad, but it's fine. We'll see what you do. We'll see what you do. Say hi. Say hi. Hi. Beckett. Hi. One day when you listen to this, you're going to be like, wait a second. Hi. You didn't ruin dad's streak. Good job. Hi, you psycho. I know. And his little shirt on the back. Yeah, mommy, of course, has you in Falcons gear all week for her first game week. Oh, it goes spin around. <laughs> oh, yeah. Oh, look back at it, boy. <laughs> <laughs> He's so cute. Well, thank you so much. Yeah, I appreciate you. Course. And I appreciate you telling the story because... This little guy's so awesome, and you guys are great parents. And... Yeah, Jake's very hands-on dad. I love that. Very hands-on dad. Yeah. Uh, bye. <gasps> thank you. Thank you. Okay. Oh, oh thank you. Good job. Yay. Yay. <laughs> look, Beckett, look. Say yeah. Yeah. So if you're watching the video portion of this, that's literally the best because you can see Bennett in the video. I was so excited. That little boy is so much of his dad. It is insane. I mean, they look like twins and he's so cute and he's such a good baby. Every single time I saw him at training camp or at games, he's always smiling, always happy, naps wherever. Maggie has a really awesome child on her hands, but uh, appreciate that story because not a lot of people know exactly how it went down. So now you know, and now you got the inside scoop on literally the day that Bennett was born. So such a fun episode. And thank you guys so much for tuning in and tuning in every single time we have one of these things, which we are about to launch episode two. And it's coming up with a World Series championship wife. We're talking to Andrea Albies. She is the wife of Braves infielder, Ozzy Albies. And we're really excited for this episode because she gives you an inside look at what it is like to win a World Series. Be happy for someone and be invested in someone on the field while they're winning a World Series. It's such a cool episode. And whether or not she rode the fast bus in downtown Atlanta, 
I hope you know what I'm talking about when it comes to the buses because it's just so funny. You have to tune into episode two, but thank you so much for tuning into episode one. As always, you can look for these episodes on our 11 Live YouTube page and I will see you next time for Married to the Game.